But music is the one of those that like even a baby, you can put on for a baby and they're going to get something out of it. And they're probably going to get more out of it than we realize. And we don't have to water it down. There's no abridged version we have to share with them. Like we share the real, the real piece, like the, the master work piece with our babies and with our toddlers and they're able to experience it and I think that's just so beautiful welcome to homeschool conversations with humility and doxology a series of interviews with real life homeschool moms dads and other educators on all sorts of topics that affect our lives as homeschool parents I'm Amy Sloan, a second-generation homeschool mom of five, and I am so delighted that you are here. Here on Homeschool Conversations, we'll discuss educational philosophy, family life, and more. Come chat with us. We are going to get to today's episode in just a minute, but I realized that I forgot to mention that if you stick around, you're actually going to get to hear a little preview of Elizabeth's new podcast for children. So make sure you listen all the way to the end of the episode for that special sneak peek. Hello, friends. Today, I am joined by Elizabeth Nixon. Elizabeth currently lives in Connecticut with her five wonderful kids, ages 5 to 15, and her Army helicopter pilot husband. She is an early childhood music teacher and course creator, brand new podcaster, which is exciting, and small business owner of Clap for Classics. When she's not creating high-quality music education experiences for young kids, she loves to hike, go on adventures with her kids, and snuggle up by the fire eating cheddar popcorn. So I have to ask, are you like a pop-it-on-the-stove kind of person or in the microwave? Oh, no. I am more like, you know, buy it packaged and already cheddared for me. Kind Perfect. Of a, kind of a girl. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, I gave like, you know, the official bio intro there, but can you just tell us a little bit about your family and yourself and then your background with music? Yes, of course. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. This is my first podcast interview and I'm a little nervous, but I'm so excited. And Amy is a friend and has been a really big support. And so just thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm excited you're here. Well, good. Um, yes. So I, um, like I said, we're an army family. And so we move around a lot and um, we love to just make the most of wherever we live. We're never, never anywhere for more than three years or so. So uh, we're enjoying Connecticut and um, yeah, I love being a mom. I've got great kids. I'm entering into teenage years and I have to say like knock on wood somewhere. I'm loving the teenage years. And then I've also got my, my sweet little caboose, um, Charlotte, who shows up a lot in Clap for Classics. Um, and we just have a ton of fun. The kids, everybody's involved in the family business, which is very fun. Um, I want to mention too, that my sister, Catherine is part of, uh, part of Clap for Classics and a big part of my musical, um, world too, that she and I started this company together and uh, she lives close two hours away. So we also love spending time with her and her kids. Um, I come from a family of, uh, a four, four kids and uh, a musical background. So my musical background started when I was eight. I started taking piano and um, studied classical piano and classical voice through high school. And then in college, um, 
emphasized voice and got a, um, a degree in music with a vocal emphasis. And then from there, just always kind of found opportunities to use music, lots of music in church, directing choirs and singing and, and teaching, teaching on the side. Uh, and then until about six years ago, got really serious about early childhood music when I convinced my sister to um, start a business with me. And it was when her her first child was born and my last was born and they match up pretty close. They're three months apart. So uh, I finally convinced her that we needed to just start our own curriculum. I had um, been interested in teaching uh, early childhood music and always done music with my kids, but wanted to do a little bit more formally. And I could just never jump on board with any of the other uh, programs that were already out there because I thought, I know that I can do this myself, and but I need I need a partner, and so convince my sister, who um, is a professional uh, pianist and a fabulous musician. I was like, you and I, we could create our own curriculum and bring our own spin to things, and so um, that was how Clap for Classics was born, which might not have quite been the question you asked me, but hopefully that kind of gives <laughs> a musical background to me. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I love how you were able to take something that you and your sister both loved already and kind of find a way to make it a, a business with your friends and your sister and bring your kids along as well. It's really fun. Well, okay. So the person listening to this podcast, like if they were just scrolling and saw the title of the topic, and certainly me, like is probably already a little interested in music. But let's imagine for a minute, we're talking to someone who's just very curious, you know, why do you think that musical education is important, especially for young children? Okay, this is, yeah, this is such a good question. And I think um, right off the bat, we could go like the scientific route. So there's been lots of studies and a lot of kind of recent meat study about um, the effects of music, music education on young kids. But they have, um, there's been studies that have proven that um, musical experiences in childhood actually accelerate brain development and specifically in language acquisition and, um, and uh, reading skills. So, you know, as parents, we're like always wanting to get our kids off on the best foot, right? And so that's, I think, such a fun thing to be able to say that, okay, music, these experiences and music connection is going to help them in all these other areas. So number one, that's a great reason for it. But the other, um, maybe more compelling and just more reasonable <laughs> reason, I think, is all the other sorts of skills that we learn and that we practice and that we work on as we are teaching music to our young kids. Because, you know, music is such a universal, like universal fun and universal part of most, like most kids are drawn to music. I don't know about you and your little ones, but you know, if you put on music for a little kid, they're usually dancing or bopping or there's something inside them that they're drawn to music. We're just, we are, we're drawn to music. And so for little ones, that we're not working on like a formal education yet. We're doing play, we're playing and we're learning so much as we play. And so I think for me, music is so playful. And then as we're playing with music, we're learning a ton. So we're learning about music, sure, but we're also practicing gross motor skills and fine motor skills. We're working on social development, um, emotional development. Um, and then, you know, obviously the cognitive and language skills and like so many skills you're working on but it's really to the child, it's just playing and it's singing and it's playing with instruments and it's just fun. So I think that's a pretty compelling reason for parents to be like, oh 
yeah, music, we should include this for these, for these little ones. Um, and then the last one that I did want to just mention too, is the parent child bonding experience that can happen. Um, and especially the way that, um, I think a lot of us participate in music. It's we're singing lullabies to our little ones, right? <clears throat> or um, at Clap for Classics, we do a lot. We encourage parents a lot to be, you know, engaging with their child. And when you do that, as with really any sort of play that you do with your child, you're bonding, right? And you're, you're nurturing that bond together, which is so important in those early years. So I think music facilitates that as well, um, just really well. I still remember like doing mommy and me classes with, with my own mom growing up. That was sort of my early music. I started piano. I actually don't even remember not knowing how to play the piano because it was very young, but it was through a lot of those sort of group um, situations, at least in those early years. So yeah, I think it's just so valuable to create an atmosphere of that music, right? Where like, I just always thought of myself as someone who loved music. And there's a lot of value in that too, introducing young children, like music is something fun. It's not just waiting until you're old enough to go take your music lesson and check off your practice. And it's like kind of a very formal thing. Music is just something that's a part of our life. So it makes it really delightful. I love that. Yeah, love those early memories too. And I think some of those early memories are really important. Like for you, you've always loved music, but it was because probably your parents at a young age, they exposed you to lots of those things and, and, and intentionally, right? And so sometimes I think it's easy, especially nowadays, music is super accessible. Like we can listen to it how you know so easy wasn't as easy when we were younger we had to go like buy the cd right <laughs> or we had to have the cassette tape it's so easy and accessible right now but there's so many things fighting for our attention that sometimes we do forget i think and it's a good reminder that like this great tool is here at our fingertips let's let's give it to our kids like let's not forget about it yeah definitely I think a lot of times in those early years, especially, you know, my audience is primarily homeschool parents, right? And so in those preschool years, we talk a lot, like a lot of people say, oh, you don't have to do anything in preschool. You just sort of like read and play and spend time together. And there's such a, a lot of truth in that. Um, but on the flip side, especially if you have multiple children, like I do, if you're just sort of like, oh, it'll naturally happen, like a lot of good things we forget to take the time to really invest in the areas where we have a priority. And so just having sort of a purposeful approach, not something that's formal and is going to kill the joy, it's still playful and delightful. It's relationship focused, right? The interaction, but it's like, okay, let me actually make sure I get to this thing that I say is important to me. Because it's just too easy in my life for the things I say are important. Like if I don't write them down or put them on the schedule, I won't get to them. That's just the way it is. It's so true. It's so true. Just to, and, it, and it really does, like you said, it takes just a little bit of intention, but it's got to be a priority. And so, you know, that's why this is a fun conversation because hopefully we're just like jogging that memory of like, oh, this is why it should be a priority. If it hasn't been, that's okay. Like try it, you know, let's, let's try it. Let's remind ourselves. And even I have to be reminded too, to put on, you know, the music or to you know, have the, have the experience with my little ones, um, to make sure they're not missing out on that. So it's a good reminders for me too. Well, let me ask you specifically about the genre of classical music. Cause I know that's something that 
um, is a big part of Clap for Classics, which my little guy and I have been enjoying the past year. So why do you think that classical music is valuable for young children? Like, are they too little to really understand it or appreciate it? And yeah, and why is that something that you feel is important to include in this early music education? Um, yeah, I love thinking about this question, and this has been really good for me to kind of try to um, articulate this idea better. But um, the first thing I want to start out by saying is that um, so Clap for Classics is a huge part of of our of our program and our curriculum, but we don't ever claim that clap classical music is best or superior or is like the only way. So it's, it is something that we've included because it's been part of our past history. Like I kind of mentioned something that we love and um, then we've found this value in it, but we're not, I did just want to make that clear. We're not saying that it's superior or it's better or it's like the only way. So there's lots of value in all kinds of genres of music and sharing a variety of music with your kids. But to talk about classical music, um, one of um, the reasons why it's so great for early early years, I think too, but for, for all ages, is it is so open-ended. Um, and it really like sparks imagination and can excite imagination. So, I mean, there's, there's also such a, um, like a breadth of um, diversity within the classical music genre. So I think there's really something for everyone. There's something for every sort of emotion. There's, that's one thing that I tell my students all the time is I love the variety. So I can put on something that makes me feel calm. I can put on something that makes me excited, something that might, you know, if I'm angry, maybe I'm going to go find some music that, you know, makes me feel angry. So this, this like gamut of emotion, I think that can connect kids well you know, to that. And then um, just the texture and the, um, uh, you know, the tempo and the, you know, all the different like rich complexity of classical music, I think is just really good for young kids for, um, like I said, imagination and just um, to, to have that kind of open-ended um, experience with music. I don't think I'm explaining that very well. No, I think you are. That makes sense. That's what I think of when I think of the classical music as just the many layers of complexity and not complexity in the sense of like, oh, it's too hard to understand because in a sense, it's very approachable. It connects to a very essentially human aspect of, of, of ourselves, right? That we can all listen to the same piece of music from little to professional musician and all appreciate the music in a different way, but because it's so complex, like you can take it so many different directions, right? Like you can talk about the rhythm or the color or someone who's older can understand more of what's going on in the music, but someone who's little can just be like, oh, it was loud and then it was soft, right? Exactly, exactly. And I was thinking about like a little, a little, um, not really analogy, but for your, for your listeners and for, for your family, I know that you, um, focus on like the classics. I see you reading classic literature with your kids and, you know, you're appreciating art and um, poetry. And one thing I think is so great about music is that not that all those other things you can't introduce young, because I'm sure you're introducing those things young to your kids too, but music is the one of those that like even a baby 
you can put on for a baby and they're going to get something out of it. And they're probably going to get more out of it than we realize. And we don't have to water it down. There's no abridged version we have to share with them. Like we share the real, the real piece, like the, the master work piece with our babies and with our toddlers and they're able to experience it. And I think that's just so beautiful. And I love what you said too, just, you know, our littlest ones can appreciate and then our older kids are going to get something more out of it. But as we're introducing at a young age, we're also going to be um, allowing them, you know, that time for it to, to be um, able to something that they can grow, can grow with them. And so they're going to remember, they're going to have those memories of, oh, I remember hearing this or something familiar. And then, you know, that's going to spark these positive kind of associations, I think, with the music as they grow, and then they're, you know, going to dive deeper into it. So I love that about classical music and our approach to, and, you know, I'm sure your approach with your kids too, is that, yeah, we don't have to think that just because they're little, they're not going to appreciate this beautiful part of our culture and our history. And, you know, we can give it, we can give it to them. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's great. <laughs> How do we homeschool preschool? One of the most common questions I see in the online homeschooling space comes from excited mamas eager to find the best curriculum for homeschooling their preschoolers. I remember well that eager feeling as a new mom. It's so thrilling to see all the books and possibilities out there. But what if your best tool for homeschooling preschool is changing your perspective, not buying a curriculum? What if the best homeschool preschool curriculum doesn't come in a box or a textbook? What if you don't have to plan dozens of projects? What if there is a natural, peaceful, and productive way to pursue preschool at home? Head to humilityanddoxology.com to learn how I've homeschooled preschool for my five children, and I've never bought a pre-made preschool curriculum. Well, Elizabeth, I had to ask you because you are always so creative and you are able to come up with these great, simple, very doable, manageable um, activities for families with music. So I wanted to ask for someone who's listening and is like, wow, this is great. They can turn off the podcast when they're done. And what is like one simple musical activity they could do today with their kiddos? Okay. So I think that one of the best things you can do is like the very fundamentals of music is steady beat. That's one of the very first things we teach with rhythm. And that is something that sounds, I don't know, maybe sounds boring, but it's not boring. <laughs> just to, to take like you're listening one step further is to put on some music and just try to feel that beat. And you can do it in lots of ways. So you can march, you can stomp, you can tiptoe, you can get some instruments out or some kitchen utensils to use as instruments and play with those things. If you have a baby in your arms, you're swaying to the music, you're dancing with them, you're feeling the music through the air. It's really wonderful for little babies. Um, you know, you can get out a scarf and use that as a way to kind of play with the music. So I would say the simplest, easiest thing to do is just turn on a piece of music, find something that you love. So because if you love it, you know, they're going to have the, that positive kind of feeling towards it as well, too. So find something that you love and just put it on. And one question I ask my students a lot is, what does this music make your body want to do? So let them 
think about that. What does this music make my body want to do? And let them kind of feel, because they're probably naturally going to kind of start moving to the beat. Now they might not, they might be in a crazy mood and be going crazy and that's okay too. <laughs> but let them start to think about the music and how it's affecting their body. So that would be like a super easy, easy activity you could do. We've got, um, I was going to say too, we have a Spotify, uh, a few Spotify playlists we've been starting to, to put together. And one, we have a steady beat playlist. So we can link to it in your show notes if you want, and people can go that way, you know, whatever you put on actually has a steady beat because a lot of classical music doesn't, right? Some of it's going to be very rubato and different. Um, but we've got a steady beat playlist. So if you want to put that in, it'll be great to do some marching and to starting to feel that steady beat, which is going to be, you know, a very good foundation for their for their music education. Um, can I give one more activity? Oh, definitely. Please do. Okay. And the second one, which is just like a fan favorite is freeze dance. And most of your kids probably already love this, but um, it's a great way to sneak in some great classical music and just to have your, have your hand on the pause button and let them move around, especially if you can find something fast and exciting. We like to do it to the flight of the bumblebee. That's our favorite, one of our favorite fan favorites at Clap for Classics. Um, but turn it on and then let them, you know, be listening. So so they're working on their listening skills. They're working on impulse control. You're sneaking in that classical music and it's just fun. So that's a really easy one um, that will, will be a hit with your little one is just a classical music freeze dance. I love that. And I could see this being a great thing, even like a nursing mom or a tired mom, she can just sort of sit there with the pause button and let her kids definitely. get some energy out in the living room. Definitely. Definitely. And, and uh, yeah. And on the flip side, if you've got a little one who's on the couch and doesn't really want to move, you know, how fun is it for them to hit the pause button and the play button and for you to play and move and see what happens to them. I bet they would think that was very silly too, if they got to do free dance with mom. So that could be a really fun little bonding. <laughs> okay. Those are really fun ideas. I will definitely put the link to your Spotify playlist in the show notes. And I would love to hear from anyone who listens and tries that out. I would love for them to, to let us know how that, how that goes in their living room. That sounds really fun. I'm going to have to do that when we're done. Okay, good. <laughs> Well, so we've talked about some of these sort of natural ways we can lay a musical foundation for our kids at home. And I will just say, you know, this was something I was really good at with my, my older children, like so many things, um, when I had more energy and seemingly more time. And I noticed that as I had more children, my younger children, it was just harder for me to kind of fit in the musical, uh, the purposeful music time in their day. And so I guess about a year ago is when uh, Isaac and I started doing Clap for Classics live classes. And so I would love for you to just talk a little bit about um, what you guys do at Clap for Classics, what the, what the classes are like, and sort of what value that gives to a parent, maybe even someone like me who already loves music, or to someone who's like, music sounds great, but I know nothing about it. Yeah. Um, so we, ha I have been kind of realizing that it does feel like we have kind of both ends of the spectrum in Clap for Classics parents, which I love because I think there's something for everyone that we offer. But um, Clap for Classics, so we provide um, 
high quality, educational, entertaining, interactive um, music experiences for young kids. And it's kind of zero to six. And Isaac's pushing that. And I will just mention, I love it. We get Grace hearing, um, big, big sister hearing the welcome song and she'll often come running in. And so we do have quite a few homeschool families who the older kids will kind of filter in because I do think there's some appeal for those older kids as well, which is so fun. I love seeing that. Um, but the, the courses that we create consist of online instruction and so we have short video uh, videos for each each like short little activity. Most of them are like two to five minutes. Um, and then they're all within like a theme. So we have a whole, a whole section on Carnival of the Animals. And so we've taken this classical piece of music and we engage with the classical music in fun and memorable ways. And then we've also added in original songs, folk music, lots of nursery rhymes into um, that course as well that kind of lines up with Carnival. So we've got like a really fun kangaroo song and a fun elephant song that goes along with the classical. So um, all of our courses have the classical element and then this other song and we do lots of movement. We do instrument play. Um, we've got some that are that are yoga to a classical music piece. Um, and so there's just, there's a really great variety of um, experiences within each course. And so uh, we offer the online course and then you and Isaac have been coming to our live course too. So we do have a, a live um, option where I teach once a week on Tuesdays, a live class on Zoom. And a lot of our parents like that because it's something on the calendar. They can count on it every week. I get to interact with the kids, which is really, really fun. And so um, I get to know your kids a little bit. We chat, we answer questions, we're learning a lot together and um, it's a ton of fun. And then you also have those videos so that you can go back and use them during the week. Or if you know your child starts singing a song they learned in class and you don't quite remember it, you've got it there to reference it. Um, so there's lots of ways you can use our courses and, and parents are using them in lots of different, different ways, which I think appeals to um, kind of a variety so for like you, you're busy, you've got your old, your older kids, you're schooling. A lot of times you can turn it on. You can go work with the high schoolers. You know that Isaac's learning his music and you're popping in and out or big sisters there helping him, um, which is really great. We also have lots of parents who, like you said, I don't know anything about music, but I, my kid loves music and I want them to have some experience. And for those parents, I think, you know, they're sitting with their child and they're, they're learning along with them. And that's that really great parent bonding that's going on where they can learn and they can be, um, but it, it, it has taken the, the decision fatigue out for them. They don't have to research it. They don't have to learn the song ahead of time. They can just sit down, press play and know that they're going to be having this really great musical experience with their child without any prep from them. So, you know, that's another benefit for another type of parent who wants that sort of experience for their, for their child. And it's amazing how even these little kids, you know, sometimes they'll unmute and like answer a question. These little kids are learning terms like forte and piano and presto and all of these different actual musical terms or learning about the instruments. I know, I guess it was last year when Isaac was five, there was like the Peter and the Wolf uh, classes you guys did. And when we and our family went to see the Nutcracker this past holiday season, uh, we were right, our, our seat was right by the orchestra pit. 
And so Isaac was so excited. He's pointing to all the different instruments and telling me, oh, that's this instrument. That was this animal in Peter and the Wolf. And it, just that connection that he was making then when he got to see them in person was like, how did you remember all that? But just a little bit of introduction, really. These kids, they pick up on so much. Oh, they're just like sponges, aren't they? I love hearing stories like that because, you know, that's why we're doing this because there's so much beauty in classical music. There's so much to be appreciated, to be learned. And um, yeah, these kids do, they do love it. And it's amazing. I've had parents, you know, say, I didn't know my kid knew who Beethoven was or who could say Tchaikovsky. And like, they're learning these names of these composers and they know what a composer is. And they, um, you know, they're, they're experiencing things. And, and I I think it's, I get such a kick out of it, but it is, it is kind of amazing that they, they can, they can learn these things. They're learning about rhythm. They're learning about form. They're learning all these things. So that they're giving, they're getting a great foundation if they want to study an instrument later, or they're becoming, they're, they're fine tuning their listening skills and they're becoming, you know, the, the classical music appreciators of the future who we desperately need as well. So, I mean, I think that's, that's one thing that really has motivated us as well to continue in this program is, you know, we're, we're, we're developing the, the appreciators of this, this beautiful music um, for, you know, the next generation. <laughs> yes. I can't remember who it was. I, I heard say this. I, can, I wish I could, I, I, if I think of it, I'll, I'll, I'll reference them in the show notes, but the, the main gist of what this person had said was, don't just focus on raising children who can like play instruments or who can be the performers, but like raise children who can be the audience. Like music needs both sides or it won't work. So that's a really good reminder too. It doesn't mean your kid has to like, you know, go be the next great violinist. They can just be the person who can appreciate the great violinist. And that's important too. It is, it is. Okay, well, I am super, super excited about your new project, which is... <laughs> A podcast. I'm a, I know, obviously a big fan of podcasts, <laughs> but this is a podcast for our children. And I've actually just listened to the first episode with Isaac and Grace and Sophia earlier this week. It was fantastic. Um, and I'll definitely like link it up here in the show notes and everything, but I would like you to kind of tell us a little bit, like what is going on in this podcast? Who is it for? What can parents and their kids expect if they listen? Yeah, so it's geared toward kids two to six, um, and I think uh, we're going to push that a little bit out. I, mean, I think your seven, eight, nine-year-olds are going to enjoy it as well, but um, basically we're taking, you know, the same type of content that we're creating in our courses and we're putting it in audio format, and um, so it's we'll always have a classical music experience on every episode. So, but we're not just like putting on a classical piece and then saying, listen to this, but we're giving them something to do, right? So, and then we might be even kind of talking over it. So, oh, do you hear how the music changed here? You know, um, and so that they can really kind of ha have an experience with the classical music. So there will always be that. And then one or two other little activities. And so, you know, usually a couple other songs to go with it that are reinforcing some sort of a concept. So in the first episode, we we introduce Forte the Lion, and he is my co-host. And the, my husband is the voice of Forte, and he has graciously um, agreed to co-host the podcast with me, which I'm so excited about because he brings the humor and the silliness. And I think kids really um, relate to him. So that's super fun. And that's made the project more fun for me too, to have him in there. 
but um, so Forte and I are just, you know, we're teaching a musical concept to the kiddos and singing songs and, and it's, we we'll get you moving. And, you know, we're trying to also adapt it if you're in the car, because I listen to a lot of podcasts in the car with the kids. So if you're in the car, we give you options to just be tapping your lap or clapping your hands. If you can't be moving around, that's okay. Um, and, but I, I've, we have gotten some good feedback already this week. I'm so excited about it. And one parent who like you, she comes to the class and she's participating in some of our courses. And she says, there's something about it that I like, you know, almost more than maybe not more, but it's just in a different way because it's just that auditory experience. And so there's no other distractions. There's nothing on the screen to look at. You have to listen and, um, you know, so it, it's, you have to just like listen even more carefully, I think, um, to what's going on. And it's just a different experience than the courses. So anyway, I think the kids will like it because Forte's fun and the music is fun and you're, you know, learning. And I think parents will see very quickly that there's a lot of education packed in there as well. And um, hopefully turn it on often for their little ones to <laughs> enjoy. Well, I could definitely see it being something you could, you know, play for your kid to listen to independently, like, cause you are walking them through what they're, what they're to do. And so it would be a great screen-free option for some independent playtime, or mm -hmm. if the family's all in the car together, you know, it could be something everyone can listen to at the same time and enjoy together. So I'm really excited about, about this new project. I know parents are often, especially like podcast loving parents are often looking for new podcasts for their kids. So I'm excited for this option for them. Well, good. Thank you. Well, here at the end, I'm going to ask you the question I'm asking everybody this season, and that is just what are you personally reading lately? Okay. I told Amy ahead of time, this question was stressing me out <laughs> because for a couple of reasons. Well, one, I used to love to read. I still love to read. I used to read a lot more than I do. And I always have books on my nightstand that are just like right there. And, um, this year I'm actually committing to read more. And so I've been, I've been doing some audible listening and I just listen, I just finished this week uh, to something just uh, fun for me. What Alice forgot by Leanne Moriarty loved it. It was great. And then I've also always usually have like a nonfiction on the bedside table. So I've got a book and I've have it written down because I never remember titles freeing your child from anxiety. Um, working on just getting some more tools in my tool belt for, for my, for my kids. So it's a mom, it's a mom book. Um, but that's also on my nightstand. Well, great. I will put links to those in the show notes as well. Elizabeth, where can people find you all around the internet? Well, the podcast, first of all, Clap for Classics. You can search for that wherever you listen to your podcasts. And then um, on Instagram at Clap for Classics. And then if you want to check out our courses or anything that we offer, um, you can go to www.clapforclassics.com. Fantastic. And of course, you can find all of those things in the show notes for this episode at humilityanddoxology.com. Elizabeth, it was really fun to get to chat with you and see you on Zoom, like without Isaac around, much as that's fun too. It was nice to get a grown-up chat this time. It was great. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Hi, and welcome to the Clap for Classics podcast. I'm Elizabeth Nixon, and I can't wait to sing songs, play games, and listen to great classical music together. I'd like to introduce you to a few of my friends that we'll meet here on the podcast. First, here's Charlotte. Hi, I'm Charlotte, and I'm five years old, and I like singing. Hi, Charlotte. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, and here's my friend, Forte the Lion. Hi, Forte. Come and introduce yourself. Hi, kids! 
my name's Forte, and I like loud music. I can't wait to share some loud activities with you. Can you give me a big roar? Roar! <laughs> I love roars. Forte, you're fun. Whoa, here comes Presto the wild donkey. Presto, come on in and say hello. Hi, kids. I am Presto, and my favorite thing is listening and dancing to super fast music. Can we do some of that in the podcast? Yeah, Presto, definitely. That sounds like fun. Well, kids, I hope you'll tune in and listen to the podcast each week as me and my friends share music with you in fun and exciting ways. Forte has agreed to join us each week as we learn about music together. You won't want to miss our first episode. We'll be doing some roaring, <laughs> marching, march, march, march. and enjoying some great music about a lion. Ooh, I'm a lion. <laughs> yes, you are. We hope you have a musical moment today. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening in on this week's Homeschool Conversation. For show notes and links to all the resources we discussed, head to humilityanddoxology.com slash homeschool dash conversations. And if these episodes are an encouragement to you, would you take a moment to leave a rating and review and to share with your friends? I am so thankful that you are here on this adventure with me. Let's repent of our constant striving, relish the joy of learning, and rest in the work of Christ on our behalf. Stand fast, my friends.